you may not be rewarded. You may not be rewarded for your strengths. One more time. You may not be rewarded for your strengths, but you will be disqualified. But you will be disqualified for your weaknesses. Put it all together. You may not be rewarded for your strengths, but you will be disqualified for your weaknesses. Think about that a moment. That is a head turner. Okay. Oh, no wonder I can't see. Gotta clean these glasses off. I was seeing my fingerprints all over them here. Okay. Not as bad. Amen. Okay. So, Father, we're praising. We're just giving you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word, Father God. You give us an opportunity, Father God, to grow in faith. So, Father, we're praising. We just give you thanks, Lord, that. Your Holy Spirit will open up new revelations to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. So the last time we were together, we spoke about what made the early church so strong and victorious. Um, we know that having a strong foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ and having prayer, we spoke about that, prayer, fasting, and intercession, uh, it gives us the principles for success. Amen. So I hope you're applying those uh, in your uh, life daily. Amen. Prayer, maybe not so much fasting, but at least intercession. Amen. And if you got really want to get something done, get into the fasting with your prayer. And some of us said, okay. So, uh, they also cemented together what we, what we spoke of last week, unity. And we found that in the book of Acts. We'll look at a couple of these. The book of Acts, chapter 4. Looking at verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. That's unity. Neither said any of them that them that ought of the things which possessed was their own, but they but they had all things common. Verse thirty three. And there was great power, and with great power was uh, power gave the the apostles witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord, and great grace was upon them. So this unity came in. And we need to operate in that unity, we said. And we also looked at, we'll look at one other one. Go to the book of Philippians chapter 2. That's the book of Philippians chapter 2. And Paul writes here, verse 2, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye might be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord, or unity, of mind. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's this unity that, that needs to be uh, within the, the church body. Um, they had, they had, the early church had great unity and they accomplished a great amount of things. Uh, so we need to have to be of one heart and, and mind is to be unified in every fiber of our being. So we can get together. Uh, Psalms 133. Looking at Psalms 133. And looking at verse 1, it says, Behold, Psalms 133, verse 1, Behold how good 
and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. So we need unity today. You know, uh, better unity than what the uh, Republican and uh, Democrat uh, have. Uh, they don't have unity. They're, they're, this, they're, they're in this evil. And you see that there's no power there. We need unity. God has made us to function in relationships. Um, we would wi be wise to focus on the principles that help our re relationships to thrive. So we've got to find out what we're going to look at today. What makes, our, what makes unity thrive? Um, most needs are met by paying attention to what matters to others and doing something about it. Let me read that again. Most needs are met by paying attention to what matters to others and doing something about it. The, the part of yourself being put into a gift gives it value. The part of yourself in a gift, you give it value. Okay? Building relationships is always a challenge. Uh, shared experiences involves better communication. So unity going to need communication. Volunteering together. Praying together. Praising together. Worshiping together. All these form a cohesive bond that we can have. Consistent activities create energy that unifies. Consistent activities. Think about it. You're praying, you're worshiping, uh, your communication. Create an a atmosphere that unifies. So if we're not doing that, we are not unified. We are in a dis, being dis, this 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 evil. Is that the word? That's not the right word. But okay, we'll just pass it by. Okay. <laughs> It's going out to the book of Galatians. Find the book of Galatians and the fifth chapter, please. In Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Um, and when we, when we let God's characteristics flow into our life, people around us will benefit. People around us will benefit from the fruit that you produce in your life. Look at that. People, people will, will benefit from your love, your joy. I mean, you can be in a, in a situation that, that's uh, sad or, you know, just uh, looking gloom. But if someone comes into the room and starts laughing, uh, laughing hysterically, you know what happens. The people think you're nuts at first, but pretty soon they get the giggles themselves and the whole place is laughing. Okay. You can come in with peace in a dire situation and that peace will go, that atmosphere of peace, peace that you have will just bring things down. Um, 
long-suffering or being patient. You can be patient when other people are, you know, having short tempers. You can say, just slow down, just have a little patience, it'll get done. Amen. I mean, oh, gentleness. You know, don't slap them across the face or hit them over the head. Be gentle. Show your goodness. Show your uh, faith. Have meekness, temperance, you know. All these things are great. Amen? Uh, These are godly relationships. Our our godly relationships will only grow in the right condition. And you need, we need these fruits to be abound, abound, abounding in our lives. Glory to God. Um, so we must strive to maintain focus and to continue to develop in these areas. No one likes to be around spoiled fruit or sour fruit. I mean, you know, I mean, the kids got those, those sour candies, you know, but, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily what you would want. I mean, if they, you know, uh, or spoiled fruit. Nobody likes that. I mean, uh, it tastes bad and it smells bad. And, uh, and unfortunately, as Christians, we don't, or believers, I'll put it this way. Believer, believer are, believers are doing, but Christians aren't. Believers are, are, are trying to, to have these fruits develop in their lives. Christians are not because they are, are on the outside. They are the ones that's, they're having uh, that are spoiled fruit, sour, and people say, I don't want to be around that individual. They are, yeah, you know. Uh, they call themselves a Christian, but they're, they're, the, they're the worst grump in the, in the whole office or on the job. You know, I mean, who, who wants to work with him? Anybody ever had anybody? No, don't have. Don't, don't want to have your fellow co-workers say something. Okay. So we need to have these fruits. This, this is one of the things. This is developing unity by having these fruits in our lives. Uh, let's turn to first, uh, back up to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13 this time. 1 Corinthians, chapter 13. And we want to look at verse 5. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not his own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. We need to have a balanced relationship in our, uh, in our lives. We need to be able to give and we need, we need to be able to take sometimes, okay? But a relationship that is all taking from you uh, uh, and, and somebody that's self-serving and uh, is disdained by others. I mean, sometimes, you, you know, there's people that just, uh, what do you got for me? What, you know, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? What, my name is Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, that type of stuff. Uh, pretty soon you want to stay away from those individuals. Um, so we need to have a balance in our relationships. We should be able to give out to other people besides taking some things. Amen? All right. God instructs us to focus on the needs of others. In this way, everyone's needs are met. So if you focus on one individual, somebody else will focus on your needs. And it just helps everybody else around. Amen? Okay. Uh, Giving is changing our plans to accommodate others. Giving is changing our plans to accommodate others. Uh, Let's go to verse 4, right above that. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity is not envy. Not charity vaunts not itself, is not puffed up. 
So we need to love, okay? Uh, charity or kindness takes the form of greeting others with a, with a happy smile, warm smile, uh, pausing long enough to hear what the other person says. Uh, helping without expecting something in return. That's accommodating to others. Back up now to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, we wanna, we'll read the first verse of 8, but this, it's the very last part we want to look at. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies or builds up and encourages one to grow to its full stature. So if we're having giving out love, we're helping someone else to grow in ourselves. God teaches that we must not, that we must always edify others. Uh, that's, that's one of the uh, neat things that the, the Jews do on, on, uh, on the Sabbath day, or, uh, well, the Sabbath day starts on Friday night at sundown, but at, at their dinners, they edify their children. They tell them how great they are, that, that, they're, that they're the son, sons and daughters of Abraham who, who, are, who is blessed. They are blessed. And these children begin to soak that in, knowing that they're blessed that they can become successful. Uh, most American families, or most families outside the Jewish uh, uh, religion, I'll put it this way, even the Christians, if they're at the table, Johnny, why didn't you do this? You're a bad, you know, I mean, we just, we, we dig a hole for our kids to, to get out of instead of lifting them up where they should be. Amen? Oh, boy. So let's, uh, let me read that from uh, verse 8, uh, Amplified, chapter 1. Now about food offered to uh, idols, of course we, do, uh, we know that all of us pro, uh, possess knowledge concerning these matters. Yet, mere knowledge causes people to be puffed up, to bear themselves lawfully, and to be proud. Too many Christians are in that area. But love, affection, and goodwill, and benevolence edifies and builds up and encourages one to grow to his full stature. So you can grow to your full stature and you can build other people up to full stature or give them at least a foundation to start growing on. Amen? Okay. Again, God teaches us always to edify. When it comes to our words, your words, first, your words should do no harm. And if words come out that are not edifying or start to be edifying, bite your lip or bite your tongue. And if the words do proceed out of your mouth, apologize immediately. Try to get rid of that thing. Uh, it's hard to smooth over something that's... Uh, chastising on somebody that doesn't really need it. You need to build somebody up. Okay, let's go to the book of James, chapter 1. Looking at James, chapter 1. These, are, these things are developing unity, having uh, the fruit of the Spirit operating in our lives, having a balance in our Faith by giving and taking. Um, and we need to accommodate others, okay? Uh, James chapter 1, verse 19. 
Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. I'll read it from the Amplified. Understand this, my beloved brethren. This is the Amplified. Let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. Wow. So listening, as believers, to, uh, to get into unity, we need to listen. Hello? Listening is, is more than just sound waves passing through your ears. You know, uh, you can hear, you go out to the airport and you can hear that roar, that roar. That's, that's sound that you, that's passing through your ears. When someone is speaking to you, you need to catch what they're saying. Um, again, listening is, is grasping what is communicated to you. Okay. And the listening is also confirming what has been told to you. So oftentimes we you know miscommunications often is causes little waves, but if in your communications do you understand what I just said, you know, that type of thing or I don't quite understand what you said, would you repeat that? Make it a little bit more uh, generic where I can grasp it. You know, some people use larger words than others. Like your proboscis is leaking. Your nose. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm saying some people use words that other people don't know about, and you know. Okay. Okay. Amen. Few people listen well. Few people listen well. We must learn to educate ourselves about proper communication techniques. This is why God instructs us in verse 19 here to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Do you know the difference between talking with and talking at? Okay. Some are nodding their head, but some are just saying what? Someone who talks with you speaks and then allows you to have a conversation. They, they evaluate what you say. Someone who talks to you never listens to what you have to say. Someone that talks to you never listens to what you say. I'll give you a prime example. Some of you have never been there, but you've seen it. You've seen it in movies. At the military or in the military, at boot camp, they talk to you. You learn that you have nothing to say in boot camp because they are talking to you, trying to instruct you, get you to think the same way they are teaching you. Because if you follow the instructions of your TI on the battlefield, when you follow the instructions, you're not going to get hurt. They are teaching you things to keep you alive. So you don't talk back, you just listen. You know, how many ever seen the movies? You know, they go, uh, Ten Hut! And everybody's like this, and, and then the sergeant comes up there, yells in their face, and what does that guy do? Yes, sir. That's all he says. He doesn't say anything else. Okay? So that's when someone talks to you. Uh, not talks to you, but... Uh, yeah, talks to you. All right. Proverbs chapter 15. So we, need, we, we have to have, learn to communicate better with one another. And some of you... We need to get in line. Listen up more than talk. 
Sometimes we, we talk and we get ourselves into trouble. Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stirs up anger. Wow. God gives good instructions about arguing, in other words. Soft answers diffuse arguments. Soft answers diffuse arguments. Taking the intensity out of an argument keeps emotions in check. Because if you're both, or if you get in an argument, your emotions begin to rile up and it goes up and down and uh, people get hurt. The emotions get hurt. Oh, it hurt me so. It hurt my spirit. It hurt my, you know, hurt my heart. And you never said the wrong thing, but it was said incorrectly. Okay. Nobody's ever been there, but that's all right. I'm just telling you from experience. It goes both ways. Sometimes we are we are the ones that are not talking. We are the ones that are talking and not listening. Uh, we, need to, we need to learn. These are things we need to learn because you can't grow in unity without having good communication. Uh, Proverbs 18, did we get there yet? Or did I just give it to you? Proverbs 18, looking at verse 15. That's 18, 15. The heart of the prudent gets knowledge and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. Here we're looking, okay, let me read it from the Amplified. Verse 15. The mind of the prudent is ever getting knowledge, and the ear of the wise is ever seeking, inquiring for, and craving knowledge. Glory to God. In other words, here we can't jump to conclusions. Oftentimes we assume something. And to assume something is the lowest form of knowledge because you're not receiving anything. You're assuming something. Um, so jumping to conclusions or assuming things d damages relationships. and you can, We can't have that. Once an accusation leaves your mouth, it cannot be taken back. It's, or, it's already... You already branded somebody, or you've been branded. If they are founded to be false, they can inflict damage. Okay, let's now turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter, the book of Ephesians chapter 2, New Testament. This is Ephesians chapter 2, looking at verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. From the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestinated, planned beforehand for us. Uh, taking the path which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he has prepared, prearranged and made ready for us to live. Glory to God. So we can fulfill that which God has called us to do. All these things that we have looked at, leading or developing uh, unity, we can fulfill these things. It says we can. Okay. How many ever heard of the silent treatment? Okay. Don't nod your heads or sh shake yes or shake no, but here we go. When we give the silent treatment, it normally means 
you have some displeasure. See that? They're nodding their heads out there. Hello, okay. This silent treatment communicates a passive aggressive tone or way. It's not a healthy thing to do. We need to communicate. Silent, silent treatment is not communicating. See, God never leaves us in question about his love. He's always telling us he loves us. We must learn to do the same thing. In other words, get out of your silent mode. Uh, there was a movie years back, back in the 40s. It was called Run Silent, Run Deep. About a submarine. Be quiet. They were on a, on a, on a mission. But we can't be on a mission of that type. There was a destructive mission. We can't be destructive. We need to be, have open communications. Okay? Okay. God made us all different. Hello. Um, and when Jesus spoke to Mary and Martha, he spoke to them differently. You recall? Some of you are not recalling. He spoke to them differently. They had different personalities, so he had to speak to them differently. Each person has their own unique characteristic that requires a personal approach. So you just can't just approach everybody the same way unless you're in the military. And you have someone in front of you. So, or even on, on your job site, uh, your, your boss will come to you. And uh, if they know you, you are hard-nosed, they will be hard with you. And your boss, if your boss comes to another person who's a little bit on a uh, uh, more meek side, they won't hit them that hard. They will hit them in a, or address them a different way to get the best out of them. So, you know, we need to do the same thing. We don't think that a lot of people say, all Christians are the same. Yeah. I know of an individual say, all Christians are the same. That guy does this, that guy does that, this guy does that. They're all the same. They're all hypocrites. Well, hey, you're, you're categorizing people and you don't know them. And you can't, we can't, you've got to find out what their personality is. Why are they doing it? Maybe you can change their, or maybe you'll have a change of mind when you hear why they're doing it. But to say, eh, eh, eh. hello. Okay, again, um, Mary and Martha were different. You cannot approach uh, people effectively without, uh, with the same approach. Let's go to the book of Lamentations. Anybody know where Lamentations is? Huh? Deep, dark part. <laughs> Deep, dark, gray part. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small book. It's, right, it's, be, it's sandwiched between uh, Jeremiah and, and Ezekiel. Lamentation. Let's go to Lamentation chapter 3. This is how we need to operate. Lamentations chapter 3, looking at verse 22. It is the Lord, it, it is of the Lord mercies that we are not consumed because of his compassions fail not. We need not consume people, we need to have mercy upon individuals. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Uh, from the Amplified, it says, Verse 22, it is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed because his tender compassions fail not. We need to have that with, with our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. This, this creates a unity. They are new every morning and great and abundant 
is your ability and faithfulness. We need to have that. Well, somebody needs that. We need to wake up to these things. God sends his mercy to us every, new every morning. He daily refreshes us in his relationships with us. He says, oh, you missed it. You blew it yesterday. I'm not going to look at you today. Or I've got, uh, uh, I've got a, uh, I'm going to have you go on a detour and fall, have you drive into a ditch. No, he doesn't do that. He has tender mercies every day. He doesn't look what you did in the past. Okay? So we need to regularly seek to do the same thing in our relationships every day. Oh. And it keeps us growing. It'll keep others growing. Now let's turn to the book of uh, New Testament. Find the book of Ephesians once again. Ephesians chapter 4 this time. And Ephesians chapter 4, glory to God, hallelujah. Verse 26. For some people, uh, we need to highlight this verse. Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Some, some are wishing just like uh, Joshua did. Roll back, roll back the time, Lord, I'm not finished yet. The sun, sun, sun was uh, 20, 23 hours in, in, of that uh, day. Don't let it down. I'm not, my anger is not. Oh, Okay, we'll go. she says, read from the Amplified. Verse 26, we'll read that from her. When angry, do not sin. Do not let your, mouth, let, let your wrath, your aspirations, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave, verse 27, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity for him. That's kind of hard to swallow sometimes. Let, verse 28 goes let the thief steal no more but rather let him be industrious making an honest living with his own hands so that he may be able to give to those in need whoa glory to God so we need to, we need to uh, avoid this anger here we need to avoid subjects that uh, ignite us or brings a firestorm up. We need to walk away from it before it escalates or goes any further. Um, Walk away from arguments that are coming before us uh, or before someone crosses the line. You know, you you get, you know, know, as kids, I don't know if the girl, you girls ever did, but you know, the guy says, you know, you're with an argument, shoving and pushing. He's all right. You're, the guys draw a line in, in the dirt. He says, you come over, step over that, and I'll show you a thing or two. Yeah. I don't know if you girls ever did that. So uh, we can't have that. Yeah. But there are times when, when you draw a line, people need to. Respect it and know that if they go over that line, they're going to get hit or uh, be punished for it. Uh, we have certain people in our country that drew lines and kept on drawing lines and backed up and nothing happened and the people just keep on running us over or other countries kept on running us over. So we need to know where to draw a line and let our anger stand. Okay, But that's not where we're at here for, for us. Okay. 
when conflicts arise between individuals, um, we may, uh, put it this way, when con conflicts arise, oftentimes individuals will run for help. Do you see what they did to me? Aren't you on my side? He did it to you before, or she did it to you before. Aren't you on my side? We want what? We want somebody to help us out in these things. It's wrong. Don't bring somebody else into your, your problems. The only one you want to bring into, the, into your problems is, is the Lord. And he can take care of it. And he says, let me take care of this. You step back. Hello. People choose size, size and before long, uh, conflicts arise and there is no more unity within the group. Anger separates and destroys the closeness you, you need and require. So we need to be beware of destructive powers. Okay, let's now, since we're in the New Testament, let's go all to the book of James chapter 3 this time. James chapter 3. James chapter 3, looking at beginning verse 5. That's James 3, 5. Even so the tongue is a little member that boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Okay, we're talking about unity. So the, the tongue will destroy our unity. Careless action and words cause much havoc and destruction. Uh, the opposite is true when there's careful words, structured words. It brings good nurture. When you realize that you're being frustrated, we need to persevere to have peace and harmony, guarding ourselves with our own words, not to rile up against again or against somebody. Okay. The same tongue that can hurt you can heal you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Which one do you want? Psalms 119. Psalm, the book of Psalms. 119 this time. Psalms 119. Far. Psalms 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. From the Amplified, the entrance of and unfolding of your words giveth light. Their unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and, comp and comprehension to the simple. Glory to God. So we need to have the word show us what is right. Since we're in the neighborhood, um, go forward to the book of Proverbs and find the 25th chapter. That's Proverbs 25. Verse 15, Proverbs 25, 15. By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bones. Wow. From the Amplified, by long forbearance and calmness of spirit, a judge or ruler is persuaded, and a soft speech breaks down the most bone-like resistance. So we need to be, have this 
uh, the ability to have patience, it receives better results than being short patient, uh, being short. The secret here is to allow time for God to change hearts. Let God change the hearts. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians. I know we're, we are moving along wild here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four. Pardon me, I got that backwards. Second Corinthians one four. Chapter one, verse four. Who comforts who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comforter wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Sometimes uh, being hurt in relationship steals your hope that you'll get better. Being a child of God does not exempt us from difficulties or pain or sorrow, but God is always our comfort and our hope. So, you know, sometimes when unity breaks down, we need to fall back on God and ask Him that, that we... Be strong on this thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter two this time. First Peter chapter two, verse seventeen. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the king. Verse 17 from the Amplified. Show respect to all men. Treat them honorably. Love the brotherhood. The Christian fraternity of which Christ is the head. And I heard, here we are speaking about unity here. We need to love one another. Respect in uh, relationships. When you respect in relationships, it builds a bridge it builds a, a communication between you and the other person. This means that re, your relationship will flourish because there's an increase of mutual trust and admiration. Okay? Remember that you communicate with more than just your words. You can, you, people oftentimes communicate uh, with their actions. Uh, a lot of people, we say, a lot of people talk with their hands. Oh, I love you. you know, that type of thing. Uh, you know, it shows a different attitude. So oftentimes when people say something with their words, but their actions show completely different. Hello. We need to shape every word and action with love, respect, and honor. Honey draws bees. Excuse this one. Crap draws flies. So. Oh, okay. We need to, we need to do, do have honey, not the other stuff. I didn't want to use the other word. I got to use a couple other words. <laughs> she says, poop. Okay, poop. Poop draws flies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sailing along here. <laughs> Let's go to first. Oh, okay. First Timothy, chapter 6. Oh, boy. Let's move quickly. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain uh, from the Amphite, and it is indeed a source of 
eminent profit for godliness accompanied with contentment that contentment which is a sense of inward sufficiency is great and abundant gain. Glory to God. So godliness is described as one of God's character characteristics that should be living inside of us. Discontentment births ungodly uh, traits like self-centeredness and ungratefulness. So we need to change our perspective and cultivate contentment to remove the negative barriers that block godliness. So we need to prepare our heart for God's transforming work. Because uh, we are not there yet. You're gonna, you, we are not going to be there until we pass from this life. So God wants to work. God wants us to go from glory to glory. Not in one ditch and out the other ditch, you know. Okay. Again, Psalms 133, verse 1, it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to, uh, to dwell together in unity. Unity gave the early church, like we said, the necessary cohesiveness to be a driving force to promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, without that, we would not be here. Unity makes a hospital. Now, we talked about hospitals quite a bit. Hospi Unity makes a hospi hospital <laughs> perform well, or it fails its patients. I mean, you know, the, the uh, doctors go in there with the patient for for surgery, and they go in the surgical room, and it's a mess. They can't do it. What what would have what would need the cleanup people? <laughs> I can't get these words out this morning. <laughs> the cleanup of this. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Boy, this is bad this morning. All right. Again, unity makes a hospi hospital perform well or it fails in many, many, many boy. <laughs> Can't even read. Okay. Having unity in today's church is vitally important. We need unity, okay? Okay, let's get this right here. Okay, uh, how many of you recall seeing the motion picture, The Long Boats? It's a long, it's a long time. The Long Boats were about the Viking ships. Uh, starred Kirk Douglas and Ernest Borgnine. You didn't see that one. You don't recall that one. Okay, maybe you recall this one. Um, how many of you have seen movie Ben Hur? A couple of you. Okay. Um, those two movies, uh, Viking ships and, and, the, and the ship that, ben, you remember, Ben-Hur was thrown into prison and then they put him on a, on a battleship, you know, he was under, under the deck, you remember that? They, they put chains on, on Ben-Hur. And, they, and the, the Romans were going out there to do something to somebody else. Another fleet of ships were coming. And Ben-Hur was down on, under the ship there. And everybody's down there. And they had oars. Okay, the Viking ships have oars. Ben-Hur ship had oars. Okay, now, you know, in, in, in that movie Ben-Hur, they show, if you... Somebody's going to have to, you know, you're going to have to think back. In that ship where they were doing the uh, oaring, moving the oars, or <laughs> rowing. Thank you. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, they were, they were rowing. What did these people look like? What did, in the movie, what did these people, the, these slaves done? They were all chained together, and the commander of the ship, or the, some, for some reason, remember, Ben Hur's lock, uh, chains were unlocked and he was free and everybody else was chained together. But what do these guys look like? 
Come on, speak up. I can't hear. You well, I, I recall seeing you guys emaciated. You know, guys, old guys, eyes. You know, <laughs> and the guys with the, the guy walking down the, the middle of the boat there he had a whip and he was slapping these guys. He had to roll your knee. You remember that? You see that? You see that in your? And these guys were all skinny. Some got you know, they're just all greasy looking, dirty because they're down there. That that can't be true. Because these were warships. And for a warship to move, they needed power. So these guys, even though we were in chains, these guys were well fed. I mean, these, these guys would be the hunk, hunks of today, you know. That type of stuff. Okay. And, and, and what are they doing? They're, they're rowing. How, how did they row? Anybody remember? There was somebody, somebody in the front of the thing or the back of the boat. They had great big drum. You remember that? And they're going, boom, boom, boom. And so they learned. Oars up. Everybody's oars up. And they hit the drum. Boom. Boom. So they had rhythm. They were all working together. They were in unity. I'm glad you got that. <laughs> so, the, so the drums are going. And you remember when he was down in the ship? We're talking about uh, Ben-Hur. And they were going nice pace. And all of a sudden, the guy says, I want to see how fast we can go. You remember that? They go, boom. Boom. He started going, hitting the drum, and everybody was going, oh, you can see sweat rolling in these guys. And they said, oars up. And he said, slow me down, okay? They were working in unity. They had the same purpose and goal, okay? These guys weren't wimpy. They weren't weaklings. They needed to be strong and fit and in order to propel their warship. The church is to be in unity. We must be pulling together. We need to hear go by the same drum beat. We need to go forward in things of God. We just can't have somebody just, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to move my oar. Let somebody else do it. So what happens? You remember a couple of guys, one guy dropped, the old guy on that movie, Ben Hurt, kind of dropped his oar, and, and the oar got tangled up with a couple other ones. They got him out of there. They removed him, put somebody else in there so that they can move correctly. We need to be in unity. We need to have to go with the same drumbeat to accomplish what we need to do. What you need to do in your own life, you need to be in unity with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Also in the church, we need to be in unity going together with the same drum. We can't be offbeat. This is developing unity, all right? Until we are in unity, our ship, our hospital, will not function properly. We will be a disabled ship. We will be a disabled Hospital. We will be a disabled church. We need to be in unity. We need to work together. So keeping our focus, we need to keep our focus on prayer. Intercession. Praying. And developing a spirit of unity among us. So that we can move forward and the things that God's called us to do. Called you to do in your life and called us to do as a church. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> 
Some of you are asleep at, at, uh, at your oar. Come on. We need to get together. Remember, how do we start off this service? The joy of the Lord is our strength. We need to be joyous in doing the work of the Lord. Okay. Again, Jesus, from, from a week ago, Jesus enlists followers not for a life of pleasure, but a life of service. Once you get the service done, the pleasure comes. The pleasure is, is to be with him for all eternity, but right now it's for service. We need to do work. We need to get together. We, ne we need to have unity. I'm, I'm done. Amen. Anybody uh, needing prayer at this time? Okay. Continue to pray for those that are on vacation.